0: can't believe you fell for that. Well, anybody would have fallen for that. I mean, they were very slick. No, nobody fell for that but you. Hey, this is Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me on the flip as we get into wondering, and I have a question for you. Hmm, Do you have a mind for the taking? I'll see you on the flip. being duped. <laughs> what can I say about that? Well, one of the things I will say is that it is so true that pride does come before the fall. And over and over again, we have uh, learned that when people have a haughtiness about them, uh, the higher they, they puff themselves up, the harder they fall. And if you'll permit me getting into this, I want to just lay out some wisdom smacks about identifying if you are setting yourself up to be a prime candidate to be duped. And so let me talk about uh, some thinkers, I'll call them thinkers, uh, that emerged around the turn of the 19th century into the 20th and um, how they influenced what we do and how we behave today. Okay, so the first one I want to talk about is Gustave Le Bon. And Gustave Le Bon uh, was a, um, a thinker, uh, a psychologist uh, who observed uh, crowds. And At this time in the late 1800s, he uh, was in the midst of witnessing the Great Industrial Revolution. And that meant that no longer was uh, the world hell-bent on just survival and meaning that people worked from sunup to sundown, uh, inking out a living and trying to support themselves and feed themselves. No longer did you have um, utter poverty in the streets and the slums. No, people were now starting to benefit from the automation of um, industry and they were getting um, jobs with companies and becoming uh g- clawing their way out of object poverty into what would become the middle class. And because of this, people were now able to have some days where they didn't have to work. And thus they were starting to have more discretionable income and discretionable time to do with as they wanted. Every day was not spent in um, drudgery of trying to uh, find where their next meal was going to come or keep a roof over their heads. And so because of this, you had these thinkers and these observers starting to look at the societal impact of the, uh, the revolution, uh, the industrial revolution in people's monies. And so Gustave Le Bon looked at people and how they behaved. And he noticed that uh, individually, the same person could act totally different than when they were in a group, whether it be a small group or a large group. He looked at mob mentality, he looked at crowd behavior. and he started to hypothesize that there was something called a popular mind, meaning that if people uh, all did something and it became popular, then people, no matter what their individual beliefs, they would adhere to it so that they could fit in. And then after that, at the, turn of the 20th century, you had another great thinker by the name of Walter Littman. And he came up with a book called Public Opinion. And his book was a little more scathing because he started uh, relegating people to things and objectifying uh, the crowd into a thing that could be researched and manipulated and thus, he came up with words like herd mentality and uh, cat- chattel uh, when he referred to people assembled in groups. Now, I'm, I'm going to say that he was only talking about when you got people together and could put them into some type of uh, cultural grouping. He wasn't necessarily saying that people individually were mindless. Although he alluded kind of close to it, but (laughs) he was saying that when you put people in a group, their common decency and everything went out the window. Uh, He made observations of uh, the tragedies of war, uh, the atrocities of uh, racial strife, and all of that. And I can't even say that he was wrong. And for however we want to look at it with a 21st uh, century view or filter, We still have to agree that at the time with the resources that they had, um, the way they came up with these theories of how uh, to observe people was not far off. And not for nothing, we actually stand on their shoulders of what uh, they hypothesized and then uh, others took up the mantle to go on and prove or disprove. Uh, To this day, there is a, a famous... Uh, experiment where uh, they get someone in a room, and everyone else in the room is in on. What is going to happen? And the person comes in, and then because everyone else is behaving in a way that is unnatural or is uh, off, the person looks around and is trying to figure out what happens. And when the person finally asks someone, you know, else, you know, well, why is this happening? The person informs them, "I I guess this is how things are done here." And soon, that person is engaging in the same strange behavior as everyone else thus buffering the fact that no matter what your educational level, your background or whatever, we still have that innate programming within us from our ancestors that to be with the crowd keeps you alive longer than to be without. So you're actually fighting against uh, nature and nurture in that situation, which is very hard to do. So we can't, you know, say, oh, you know, stick our chests off and out and say, oh, I know better than them. I would never do that. Because I'm going to tell you, if you do, then I'm going to just cut to the chase. You're going to be highly susceptible to having your mind taken by those who know how and are engaging in doing that. Okay. So after Walter Littman and uh, Gustav Le Bon, um, they, they, we're very influential on um, a man by the name of Edward Bernays, who is actually the uh, nephew of Sigmund Freud on both his mother and his father's sides. So, he admired his uncle and he admired these great thinkers. And he took that and turned it into uh, what we now call public relations, market research and consumer behaviorism. Uh, he's known as the godfather of public relations. Now, that word public relations was a makeover because originally he was known for uh Propaganda, but because of an uh, embarrassing incident for him uh, that happened in Germany, uh, where uh, he had uh, inspired Adolf Adolf Hitler, uh, of course they needed to do a, a, a quick marketing uh, upgrade and change the name, and so he's known as the Godfather of public relations, and because of him, we understand public influence how to sway crowds and people alike uh, so like I said before, we stand on their shoulders. so I can't say you know too much bad you know because hindsight is always 2020 and I can't you know be a sideline prophet saying oh well this is horrible because if we were in the same predicament, would we do the same or even worse? But thank you for letting me take you down memory lane so that I can set this up properly. So I want to ask, do you have a mind for the taking? Okay. Now, the average person is going to say no, because I'm level-headed. I can be objective about things and I don't engage in all of this stuff. But are you really now? Are you really, really? Hmm. Hmm. And the reason why I ask that is because there are certain telltale signs that you might be more susceptible to um, the mind taking than you think. Um, in now I'm a, a um a clinical hypn- hypnotherapist and as well, you know, and so When I work with that modality, there are things that I want to know about the person so that we can get them the best method to help them have um, the therapy that they need. And that includes what level to take them, to not take them, but to assist them to get to in relaxation. And that is also predicated by how open they are to suggestion. So in society... There are a certain number of people who are highly suggestible, and you cannot tell that they're highly suggestible by their intellect, by their personality traits, or by um, their uh, physicality or culture or ethnicity. No, you can tell this by certain things in their behavior. And the term that is used for these highly susceptible people are called synombolism, from uh, slumber, uh, meaning to sleepwalk. And a synombolist is a person who is, for lack of a better term, highly suggestible and most likely in some state of trance at all times. Um, And the reason why is they're very agreeable. Now, I'm going to because we don't have a lot of time and I want to just get, you know, give you a little bit of this. I'm going to say that sometimes because this is not all the time, but sometimes when you're talking to someone and you notice that they're mouthing the words with you, trying to say the last word with you or the words as you speak they might be a somnambulist That's a somnambulistic behavior it, it, because they are trying to entrain with you. Uh, and they are so suggestible that even as you speak, they are trying to say the words with you. Another telltale sign that the person may be super open to suggestion is where they nod a lot with you. And they lean into you as they are nodding. And of course, if they're mouthing the words with you as well. Another one could possibly be if you are talking to someone or they're talking to you. And they are not constantly, but frequently touching your hand, grabbing your arm. Because you might have looked away or they are wanting to make sure that you are staying with them on what they're saying and conversating, they might be somnambulistic. Now, I don't know much about stage hip, hip, uh, hypnotist because it's a, a different approach. Uh, mine is therapeutic model, but I... Uh, know that when they are doing what they do, they quickly look for the sonobalist in the crowd. They say certain leading things and they look for these traits and some others that I don't have time to go into. And those are the people that they more so pull onto the stage and thus they know that their inductions, whether they be rapid or, or, or conversational, are, have a higher probability to take. OK, because they don't have a lot of time. They don't have a lot of time to build rapport and all those types of things. Um, If you want to know more about this, you can look up Milton Erickson. Um, he is um, a father of modern modern day uh, uh, hypnotism um and hypnotherapy. And you go from there. But anyway, and oh, I just want to say give a shout out to. Uh, Milton Erickson. Uh, We have what we know about this today because he was a great listener. (laughs) Um, He was stricken uh, with a childhood disease. I want to say it was polio, and thus he was bedridden, and I believe he was mute for a while. And because of that, he spent many years uh, confined to his bed and having to observe people. And because of his deep observations, he started to learn these things about people. And uh, as he became, willed himself, really, um, to use hypnotherapy to rewrite the scripts of his body and his mind, he was able to heal himself and became a great um, hypnotist and hypnotherapist when he did work with his patients. So shout out to him for that. Okay, so back to what I'm talking about of, do you have a mind for the taking? So the first thing is, is trying to figure out how susceptible you are to other people's Suggestions okay. So if you found that you do some of these things that I mentioned as a synombolist, you there you go. You might you might do that. And don't worry, I'm gonna give you a few things that can help you to strengthen your mind and all of that kind of stuff and set up a, a little barrier, if you will. Okay, so the next thing is is zoning out. Are you a person where you are called on the carpet. A lot of people say, you know, hey, uh, you hoo Uh penny for your thoughts. Do you tend to daydream? Um, I have a, lo- a lack of concentration, uh, drifting in and out of um, daydreams. You are the life of Walter Mitty personified. Uh, when someone is speaking, you continue to stare at them, but your mind isn't there. That could be another element to um, not necessarily just somnambulism but it could mean a sign of a weak mental constitution. Uh, and it can come off to others as you being selfish or rude. So don't do it. You know, if you find that you've done that or been calling the carpet for doing that, don't do it and start to practice staying with the conversation um, because and the reason why we say it could be a, a sign of weak mental constitution because you might have a lower level of Um, external stimuli and inputs than the average person, which means that you probably need to work on that to get it up a little higher because drifting off, uh, letting your mind wander can um, uh, be a sign of that. It also could be because it's a habit of yours that you continue to engage in and now it's hard to break the habit, but it still means weak mental uh, constitution of being able to focus. So be aware of that. Because when you're doing the daydreaming, guess what? Yep, you're highly susceptible and uh, everybody is not out there for your good. And if you're daydreaming, especially if you're watching TV or having some kind of input happen, you're opening yourself for your subconscious to take in a lot of things unbridled. So there is another reason for don't do that, okay? All right, so I've talked about being highly suggest- suggestible or being a somnambulist And I've talked about uh, the daydreamers, the people who zone out and who have a lack of concentration when someone is speaking and those types of things, don't do that. Okay, so I also wanna talk about uh, this. Now, this one here is uh, it's going to affect more people than you might think. And that is the people who are easily duped, the gullible. Okay, so when we talk about the gullible and they are so easy for their minds to be taken and the reason why uh, they're so gullible is because they have a haughtiness to them. They have a uh, a belief that they are impenetrable, that they are strong of the mind. Um, they uh, usually are very well versed. Um, they They know a lot. And they can prove it. And they are inflexible when it comes to letting their guard down and those types of things. And so they're the ones that say, I cannot be duped. I, I cannot be gotten over on, and those types of things. And thus they become the people who have the highest propensity to be duped, um, to become a pawn in someone's plan unwittingly and unknowingly. And why is that? Well, let's talk quickly about good old Barnum Bailey. Uh, And he talks about this type of person when he calls them a sucker. If you go back and read his original writings about this, everybody is familiar with the part that he says a sucker is born every minute. And they make it seem like um, Barnum is uh, trying to get over on people but that is at the end of a treatise that he does in the original where he talks about that person who believes that they are smarter than everyone else and thus they are always trying to look for the edge to get over he says that they forget that there are some basic tenets to this world that there is nothing um there's nothing free there is some price to be paid whether it's karmic or financial emotional or whatever, anything worth having has some type of cost or sacrifice or value attached to it that must be satisfied. And he said, it is that person who believes that they are above the cosmic laws who are the suckers. And he says, one is born every minute. So when you Go and you know that a Rolex is supposed to cost thus and such because that's what it goes for in the manufacturer. And someone tells you they can get you one for pennies on the dollar. You are, based on what Barnum has said, you are a sucker. And suckers, excuse me, suckers get got. (laughs) So when you try to circumvent the laws of the land and think that you are above them, you are highly susceptible to being duped. It is that person who is trying to game the system, look for the angles to get over, that is going to be the person who is ripe for their mind to be taken. All right, so what does it mean to have your mind taken? We've gone over these three areas. Well, what it means is that this person or persons a lot of times has left a gate open to their mind because either they are highly suggestible as a synonymous or they have drifted off and uh, have not girded up their mind to pay attention to what's happening by zoning out, daydreaming and having an utter lack of concentration or they're so busy trying to get over on others that they have an offensive, but they have no defensive and they've left the back door open. And there are a lot of times that this last person is the highest, like I said, the highest percentage of those who have their minds taken. Okay. And I'm going to say this. So now for the last few minutes, I want to deal with this, this everyday person who is the quote unquote sucker. Uh, because they are so staunch in who they are and what they believe, they tend to ignore the need to humble themselves and to focus and concentrate because they believe they've mastered that, thus leaving a big opening where they become susceptible to their emotions and they feel their way. Now, there is a difference between your feelings and your gut. It just is, okay? But they operate out of high emotions that go unchecked. They tend to act very swiftly because they believe that the early, wor- early bird gets the worm and thus they don't plan like they need to. They don't uh, vet and investigate. And they believe that if I snatch it from you before you have a chance to see what's coming, then I win. They are the proverbial hare to the tortoise. So these unchecked emotions give way to them actually giving their power away. They also have an internal pressure that can be both inflicted from themselves and from others to look the part and to always be the winner. In their world, they have a zero-sum game where someone has to be winning and someone and most everyone else has to be losing, and they're always trying to be the winner. And thus, they do things to try to shortcut and find the loophole and get over. Uh, And thus, it puts them in a position where they can get got very easily. (laughs) And then this is another thing. They tend to try to mitigate this possibility by trusting the experts, in quotes. And for them, the experts are the people who have gotten usually a lot of monies, uh, who have some kind of way found a trick, a backdoor, who have found a way to not have to do everything that everyone else has done because they think everyone else is the sucker, but they are really the sucker. And thus, they tend to give their power away to these, quote unquote, trustworthy experts that is why you get the ponzi schemes um there was a famous one uh, well two famous ones that happened in europe um long ago you guys uh you had the one um for uh, the tulips and you had the one for the british trading company um for the british trading company one uh even newton with his great Skill and luck—I'm not luck, but his great skill and mental um, acuity. He he got into the Ponzi scheme and he actually got out, but because of societal pressure and not wanting to miss out, he behaved like the crowd and put back in and lost his life savings over that. So. If Newton can get duped, don't ever believe that you're not susceptible for your mind being taken, okay? Um, and so there is something that you you want to make sure that you do. So you might be saying, okay, Michelle, I get you. I, you've, you've gone through the three main ones of how you can get duped and taken for granted and have your mind taken. So what's, what's, the, you know, what's the answer to this? Well, the first thing is it's really simple, and that is to be humble enough to uh, be willing to be wrong and to be teachable. And it takes some flexibility and it takes some strength, especially if you've accomplished anything in your life, because we're taught that it's only the stupid person that takes the long way. We're taught that it is the unskilled uh, and the slackered who uh, knows nothing. And so, our, our egos need to be stroked, but our egos can, can, can get us enslaved in our minds. And that's a horrible place to be. So when I talk about not being afraid to be wrong and uh, being teachable, I want you to get that this is part of the growth to remain mentally and emotionally unmolested, strong, stable, and undeterred. Because if you spend time... Being willing to have vulnerabilities where you're, you are you are as authentic as you can possibly be in who you are, understanding that you are human, you make mistakes, understanding that you're not going to always uh, be the winner, understanding that not everything is even a contest, then it's going to make you able to open yourself up to be able to connect past the emotion one of the things that you're going to to experience when you are being you're willing to be wrong you're willing to be vulnerable you're willing to work on your emotional emotional st- and, and uh, mental Uh, stability, is that you're going to be able to embrace when questions arise because your gut instinct, your intuitive nature that we all have, will not be squelched and pushed down. And thus, you can entertain your gut. And if something is just not right, you'll have the strength to listen to that. And you will be able to pull out of the crowd and not be pressured to go along with the crowd for the sake of saving face or looking like you're a leader or whatever. You will be willing to look as the unfavorable dolt because you obey your own internal uh, North Star as opposed to someone else who is um, telling you that everybody's doing it, so it must be right. And also with a teachableness about this, when you are able to be teachable, you start to then open yourself up to evolving yourself to become a a, a totally different person who is okay with being uh, an outsider or a, a contrarian. And that a lot of times can save your life, your freedom, and everything else. Um. Recently, I saw an interview with a reformed rapper by the name of Gucci Mane, who had done uh, some time in jail and then eventually in prison. And he said, in his three years in prison, is when he started having to learn these very things. Because prior to that, he was getting duped all the time by the company. He kept thinking that he was the macho man, that um, it, vengeance was the way to go, and a lot of different things that just kept him getting into trouble. And he said once he got away from that and took a pause and understood that it's okay to be wrong and, and apologize. And it is okay to admit when you don't know something, that's when he truly began to grow. And I thought that was really great that he snatched his mind back. So if someone like Gucci Mane, can have such a big turnaround and change. uh, We can do it as well. I want you to know that you don't have to operate in fear of someone duping you or someone making a fool of you. All you have to do is to take back your power by humbling yourself to remain teachable and to focus on being emotionally and mentally stable. Taking a moment to pause and not immediately acting out of peer pressure and not acting out of emotions that go unchecked and not trying to get over on someone before you get They get over on you. Remember, Barnum T. Balaam was right. A sucker is born every minute, but you don't have to be one of them. So guess what? Yep, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Don't forget to check the show notes and use our Amazon link when you do any of your shopping at uh, Amazon at michellespiva.com com forward slash AMZ. And that's going to do it for today. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.